You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more. Today on our show, I'm talking with Antoine Catala. Antoine, thanks so much for being with me. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Antoine, let's talk about your recent work. I know I'm talking, you're, you're calling me from New York. Um, it's April of 2022. What are, what are you working on at the moment? What's in your studio, or what are your plans? Um, I just opened a large group show in France uh, where I showed works that I had showed last year in New York, and I was happy, and it was during the pandemic, so I was happy that the, the work got a second life because showing work in the pandemic is, is kind of strange. Um, and as far as what's going on in the studio, I'm fixing all works because I do a lot of kinetic works that tend to deteriorate over time. So optimizing old works, fixing them, um, and I am embarking on a journey for new works or, let's say, a continuation of what I've been doing. Um, and... I guess I've offered two, I, I'm in talks with my two galleries and I'm probably going to do two shows next year. Let's see. And those shows will be um, different objects. I mean, I'd like to talk about Alphabet a little bit, which is, I imagine what's in, in France now, uh, uh, but yeah. the, the, the works that will be next year, um, I know this is a, a ways off, but is that is that partly what you're beginning to work on now? Is there is there ideas for that? There are ideas for that, and typically in the process when I'm working, the ideas, the the the, the general idea is set. The how it's going to be existing in the space. Uh, there's a lot of room for change. So in other words, what I tend to try to do when I have time to work on a show is I have a really strong intuition that a work is a good idea. Then I freak out. Then I make a lot of... I go in all different directions and then I weed out everything that I've made um, and um, I keep what is hopefully the most visceral and actually stays as much closely sticks to the original idea or the work sometimes is stronger than the original idea and changes the original idea and um, it takes it somewhere else. Um, so, and this is, this is usually, yeah, when, when, when the work affects the idea, that's, that's usually a good point. Yeah, go ahead. You had a question. The show at, at um, 47 Canal, let's talk about that, because that's also what's in France now. It, it's a version of um, Alphabet, is that correct? Alphabet, yes. So um, that was a show I did and show during the pandemic, and it's, I would say, the starkest, most simplest show I've done. It's pretty simple. It's black letters that are on the wall. The letters are made of this sort of inflatable fabric, uh, the ones that you would use for, let's say, inflatable pillows for the airplane. It's the same fabric. It's a little fuzzy. It's black. And each of the letters are connected to a custom-made or studio-made um, pump that looks a little like a ventilator. 
ironically, that was decided or I thought of this way before the pandemic. Um, but anyway, they're like little respirators in a way for each letters. And as the respirators, it's like a bellows. It goes up and down. And as the bellow goes up, the letter gets flat and deflates. And as the bellows goes down, the letter inflates. And when it inflates, it sort of gets fatter and wrinkles and distorts in rather pathetic ways. The whole premise for the show um, was around language and tools of communication, which is really what I'm interested in. Um, and I see this alphabet as a tool for my own work as well. Um, what I really liked about the show is that it was set up at 47 Canal um, in a room, and it was on three walls, the whole alphabet. And the room, the noise of the machine were really quite present. The, the letters, the way they inflate and deflate the 26 letters, it's rather choreographed. And you have the noise of the machines. And what I quite like is that if you look at the show graphically, it's very present. It looks like the alphabet. It looks like something that would be written or used to write. And, um, but yet what remains out of visiting the show is not really the alphabet. It's the sensation of this letters uh, on life support and the noise of it. And so this sort of viscerality is what I was going for. I like this is something I like to do in my work, like have a scaffolding or a premise for a show that tends to disappear as you are in the show. So something else remains. So the idea of, I guess, the MacGuffin in like a Hitchcock terms, you come to the show to see something, you leave with a different idea of what you came to see. Right, I like that. I like that. And, and and you, of course, these were made like during the pandemic, shown in the pandemic, and the idea mm -hmm. of these these letters that are that are breathing, and as you said, on life support, uh, or or has that that effect almost, um, didn't intentionally um, mimic what was happening in the world. Right, people were dying on life support everywhere on respirators. Mm -hmm. Um, that wasn't part of the initial attention of it is intention of it is that correct? I've done a lot of works that breathe. Uh, one of the reasons I do that breathe by are connected to pumps. Um, a reason I do this is because I started doing a lot of mechanical works, so I do a lot of kinetic works. Uh, one reason I do this is because kinetic works I find have a life to themselves. So they bring in this sort of life-like quality to an art show. Um, but there's also something pathetic, repetitive, and self-deprecating. And all these qualities are very interesting to me. Also, I like to talk also about new um, technologies, but I don't necessarily like to use uh, as much new technologies or, um, in other words, it started with, I don't know, when I was an art student going to Bill Vial exhibitions where he had, let's say, like top-notch quality screens to show videos that looked like Renaissance paintings of slow-motion people. 
really what was fascinating in the work was the technology and not really the work. And I'm very, very dubious of artworks that use new technology in seductive ways. So I like to talk about new technologies, but I really like introducing archaic or anachronistic way to talk about this new technology. And I'm interested in technologies of communication because I think at the core, there's this idea of transforming us and helping us communicate better. But in the technologies themselves, what I keep finding all the time is that there are... Uh, they are um, problems, they are uh, mistakes, they are pitfalls that are human, human. And I think what is very interesting in studying the, the tools of communication is that it goes back to us and what we are. There's something anthropological about what humans are through the use of the tools that they use to talk to one another. And the alphabet is one of such tools. And I think right now it's pretty prescient in the sense that one of the richest companies in the world, all the technologies around words and scanning words, and I'm talking about Google, whose mother company is called Alphabet. Um, and I find that fascinating that there's so much power behind just very simple words, you know. Um, and it's been the case for a long time. Now we have Google, but before it was, I guess, um, monks and the youth that they were the one, they were the scribes, the ones that could write and read. Um, and, the, and power shifts. But the, this relationship, our relationship to tools or communications uh, is rather intricate and doesn't, I think, reveals a lot about ourselves. And I had this funny thought, just to complete that train of thought, that I don't know if it's entirely true, but I, I would like to think that <clears throat> if somebody uh, from the medieval ages uh, a little toothless um, would would come would be brought into our time, and this person would know how to read and write, and they were given a smartphone. In just about a week, they'd be using the maps, they'd be walking around the streets, and they probably would have a Tinder or Grinder profile, and they would be fully adapted to the new mode of communications. And the opposite, I think, is actually true. And I think it was true for a lot of people during the pandemic that if we were to be brought into medieval times, um, aside for the distress of like the very bad medical conditions and maybe conditions of living, the way people communicated back then would probably seem like a huge relief and uh, would be adopted 
readily and there would be no qualms about leaving the the modern tools of communication behind. Yeah, that, that, that's so that's so true and so interesting. And um, and in and in this and in the show that that we're talking about Alphabet, which is which is currently in in your gallery in France. Um, these are it's not a gallery. It's, 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 it's a poem. It's a jeu de pomme. It's a uh, museum. Non-profit space, right? So that's a, non- yeah. a non-profit space, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. How, how, has, how has the reception been different there? Than, I mean, now we're, we're talking in 2022, where it seems to be after the pandemic, or certainly not in the middle of it, whereas the, the first showing was right in the middle of it. And, and I would think, you know, it's, it is exciting that you get another chance to show the show and have a dialogue um, and that's also, as, as as I recall, that that space, Judah Palm, is, is a gorgeous space, right? Isn't it kind of like a, a glass um, building? How is the reception yeah. different there? What, what what is it like to have that show there as opposed to New York? Because we're talking about two different times when people can now come out a little more, and and, and also another country. How has the the feedback or reception been been different in in these two times? I would say the work is quite different in in the different context. Um, it's hard to get feedback because I don't. Um, I went I went to set up the show, but only stayed um, for the opening, so I haven't been with the with the show itself. Uh, I think I don't know. I think. It's, I'm really happy that it has a second life myself, but um, I think it works in at least that context of that show, which is around images and the fleeting notion of images, which is some a, a, a theme I'm really actually very interested in, and this is how also a lot of my work has been generated. Um, there was... Um, something um, very deliberate in doing Alphabet uh, for me in the mood of the show. Typically I do shows that are quite inviting and funny and Alphabet is dark and dire. And um, I realized, I started to think about, I don't know, this is probably something you think about also, but um, emotions in art and I think one thinks of it when reading a book or uh, or um, watching a movie but it's not as apparent there's a feeling when going to an exhibition but it's not really I find the thing that is discussed how did you feel after you left and really oftentimes what is discussed is the meaning of the work how it translated this meaning what it tried to say. There's a conversation around meaning. But there's not really a conversation about the emotional impact or the emotional display of the work. And I started to think about emotion in art and how to discuss this. And I think it's really, really complicated to discuss this. However, 
one could discuss very easily if an artwork is inviting or, um, you know, nice colors, maybe crafty output, um, as opposed to much drier, conceptual, cryptic works that don't really invite the, the viewer. And I think this is this sort of notion of invitation or being invited or not uh, uh, is something that can be decided very quickly be between the parties that go see an exhibition. Um, and it doesn't really matter what the work is like. So recently, for instance, I went to see a, there was a Bruce Nauman exhibition at his gallery in New York. And the work was very simple. It's 3D videos of Bruce Nauman scratching a table with his sort of old solid fingers scratching a table. And the thing is that the, the video is projected gigantic, and it's one on top of the other, one side by side. It's in a small room, and it's projected like cinema size in the exhibition space. And it's a very simple video. And I was thinking this is a good example because that work could have been a, a student artwork, could have been displayed on a screen, it could have been displayed just once. And it would have constituted an experience. But the gallery, Bruce Nauman, they decided to repeat that gesture and make it very bombastic, very simple, very focused. And the repetition and the scale dwarfs the viewer. And there's something about the work being a little overwhelming. It doesn't really need the presence of the viewer. It's there. It's like a monument. And I kind of think it's very interesting to think about artworks in this sort of emotional um, display that they sort of exhibit. Uh, and the power or non-power that is uh, derived from it. And this is what I'd like to focus, focus on. And I'd like to make works about this. And this is why I did this show, Alphabet, which to me was a way to... Um, go back to the core, make a show really about the roots of what I'm thinking, but make it in the starkest possible way to sort of mix and match a different type of sensations if you were to see my work like a pearl on a necklace, like beads on a necklace. I often think of my work like this. Nobody of course, or oh, very few people would be able to to do that. But I, I, I would like often to see my works like shows after show in ages and rooms. Um, 
Um, and I, yeah, I think of it like this. And so the idea is to make works that have different different emotional tonalities in the way they are presented to the to the viewer. And when they're in different spaces, that's part of what does that, right? So the so the jeu de pomme in 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 France is, I would imagine, um, an example, a bit of what you're talking about, which is how we got onto this, right? That 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 space and and the, yeah. the light that you see through that, the sky, everything is is is, is almost the opposite of um, Forty Seven Canal, right? Right, and actually, I'm. I have to say, um, I was curious to see it displayed at Richard de Pum, but it really does something very different in that space. And I prefer the claustrophobic version of Forty Seven Canal. Um, de Pum, I have more real estate. It's maybe just it's two walls as opposed to one, and it's a large room. You don't hear the pumps as much. You don't see the letter as, as well deforming. Um, so the presence of this, uh, like the, the whole premise of it is a lot more subtle. And um, I, preferred, I preferred the smaller room of the first installation because, because it had a, a very... Um, uh, the soundscape and the presence of the alphabet was was um, was much more pregnant. Was much more um, um, uh, one could feel it much more. The whole the whole machine behind it. Um, so in other words, mm-hmm. in, in other words, it was what? much more yeah. visceral. In other words, the first installation was much more visceral than the second one. The first, the second one is more poetical, uh, lighthearted, abstract, which works really well in the context of that show. Um, and I'm glad it has a different life to itself. But the first installation was way more... Uh, uh, visceral and I liked it that way better that makes sense and, and it's so, so interesting to talk about especially that um, the kind of difficult to talk about emotional quality that you that you mentioned um, well thanks Antoine for talking to me about this it's it's uh, it's so interesting and exciting to talk about your work I I want to ask you one last question which is off topic what are you reading at the moment um, I'm reading Three Body Problem, which is a science fiction book, which is entertaining. And I just bought a Sylvia Plath um, book, which I've never read her, so I'm looking forward to that. Antoine, thank you so much for talking with me today. I appreciate your time, and I wish you the best with your work in the future. Thank you so much. You're listening to Yale Radio WYBC. This is Brainerd Carey with the lives of the artists, architects, curators, and more.